athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. Got a lot to get to today. The NBA, and as I mentioned last week when we talked NBA, you talk about the NBA draft on last week, the previous week, the NBA Finals wrap-up. So you're talking about, and then the playoffs had happened before that. So when you're talking about the NBA, you're talking about the NBA's relevancy, essentially. And when I say relevancy, I mean real relevant in the news pretty much constantly in the sports that is, pretty much constantly from April through July, and you have a little bit of a cool-off, and then you talk about camps opening up in September and the season resuming in October, and it's a lot of storylines, you have a lot of trades that have happened, a lot of re-signings. A lot going on with the NBA. We're going to get to all of it today here on the program. So, obviously, the big news, which just about trumped almost everything related to the NBA in terms of the signings. Look at Kyrie Irving opting in on Monday. Well, that pales in comparison to on Thursday, Kevin Durant demanding a trade from the Nets, two of his preferred teams, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. I, I, I had to, at first when I first saw this, and I, I I was on Twitter, happened to be on Twitter at the time, and I saw all of this commotion. And then I started looking and saw where Durant wanted to be traded. And at first I'm like, man, this just doesn't, this just doesn't seem right. Uh, and But I'm going to tell you the beauty of it. And then I actually, after I thought about it for a couple of minutes, after I stewed on it for like about five minutes or so, I started kind of laughing about it because everybody thought that they knew what Kevin Durant was going to do. We automatically assumed, I mean, I'm not going to say everybody did, but a lot of assumption when Irving said he was opting in, the assumption was more so than Kevin Durant wanting out was that, okay, maybe this isn't over Maybe maybe Irving doesn't play. Maybe he gets traded anyway. But now, nobody, I don't think many people saw coming that Kevin Durant was going to say he wants to be traded. So that is the huge news. We're going to talk a lot about that. There are so many, just so many storylines as it relates to the NBA. And that's what I was saying. Like, you thought it was going to be a lot with various signings that have happened. And we're going to talk about some of those signings. We had some trades, I think some subtle trades that really helped some teams 
as well. But now you're talking about Kevin Durant out uh, in Brooklyn. It, it is absolutely uh, crazy. And we're going to get to all of that today on the program. It is what makes the NBA the NBA. I got to tell you that I'm really excited. We've got joining us today here on the program. We've got Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is the special counsel to the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. And so Paul Heyman's been doing it a long time. Paul Heyman going to join us today here on the program. I am a, so this is, if you've listened to this program and we've had a couple of, a couple of, of, of wrestlers on the program over the years, Bianca Belair came on the program last year. We've only had a handful really of, uh, of wrestlers uh, or uh, wrestling personalities on the program, but I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge fan. I, I love what WWE is, is does in terms of marketing. I mean, in terms from a marketing perspective for WWE, does it better than anyone. And it's why it's in a multi-billion dollar industry. We can talk about whether it's a sport or not. I mean, you can, you can, you, you can debate that, but what's not open to debate is the athleticism of a lot of the wrestlers, most of the wrestlers, as a matter of fact. And so, I mean, I'm a huge fan of it. Going back to the 80s when I was really, really, I mean, I was really, really loved wrestling. Back in the day with all of the rivalries, you talk about Hulk Hogan, you talk about Andre the Giant, you talk about Randy Macho Man Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts and the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation and Superfly Jimmy Snooker and I mean there are Ricky the Dragon Steamboat like there's so many guys uh, right and then over time I, I've I've watched wrestling in various points of my adult uh, hood if you will with various children uh, liking wrestling and so forth but I I've really grown to like it again even without. Uh, the children watching it. And so it's going to be, I'm, I'm excited to talk with Paul Heyman today here on the program to talk about some WWE. And I'm going to tell you what I'm excited about also. I mean, you got SummerSlam that's coming up on July the 30th, but we're here in Raleigh. SmackDown is coming to Raleigh on August the 12th. And I'm going to be in the building. I'm going to be in the PNC arena I'm going to be looking forward to the matches and looking forward to all that wrestling really has to offer as the premier sports and entertainment league or uh, entity, better better term, entity uh, that we have. So very, very much looking forward to that. Some other big news, USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. This is huge. You know, again, if I want to, like, that's why I'm I'm not a huge college football fan, uh, per se. You know, HBCU football all day can talk it. 
no question about it, very much involved with it. But when you talk outside of that, and especially when you're talking about the, the well, what we know now as the Power Five, who knows what that's going to look like in a couple of years, by the way, this proposal is supposed to, to uh, take effect the 2024 football season or athletic season, uh, 24-25 season for both USC and UCLA to make this move. When you're talking about, and, and this is, you know, you're talking about football, but you're talking about most of the sports as well. When you're talking about, when you talk about these two schools, there's a rivalry, both of those schools being in LA uh, and USC football does matter. Okay. USC football does matter. UCLA football, not so much, but UCLA basketball, obviously from a historical standpoint. And uh, I mean, even more recently has been, you know, relatively competitive. And now you're talking about both of these teams joining the big 10. It is, it is what I don't like about college athletics I mean, if I, you know, and again, I, I get it. The product between the National Football League and college football at its highest level, the product is vastly different. No doubt about it. There's much more skill level in the National Football League, all of those things, I think. But with that being said, when you talk about the business model of this, I mean, certainly the the National Football League as a whole in the, in the clubs, well ahead of collegiate athletics because it's just a a totally different dynamic but I mean I guess for some markets and and not not an LA market like LA doesn't ultimately LA there's so much going on in LA I think if you had to look at the LA market I think you would say Lakers first then Dodgers you know I, I mean Really, you're talking about the Rams and the Chargers still trying to kind of find their way. I mean, USC football, I probably, I would think, you know, would be third. I mean, I don't know, you know, where the the Los, really official name as the Los Angeles Angels, once upon a time called the California Angels, then the Anaheim Angels, then the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, to now officially being called the Los Angeles Angels. I don't even know where they sit in the pecking order, but I would have to think, I mean, the Dodgers, now let me tell you, having been out in LA last year and spending a week out there and going to a Dodgers game, the Dodgers matter in Los Angeles. I mean, the thing about it, you have this, you you have a big network out there in Spectrum. So the, you know, there's just money all over the place. It's the second largest media market, the second largest population in the United States. So it's it's it 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 matters. But these are just some of the things that I really dislike about college athletics. All of the movement with the schools because it's all about the money. The the NIL deals, I'm not saying players should not be given or have some kind of compensation. I believe me, I had a son that played college football I've got a daughter that may one day play, you know, college athletics herself. So I'm not I'm not opposed to that. It's just the the way that things are. It's all about the money. This is supposed to be amateur sports. And now we're talking about 
I don't I I have no interest. I watch the National Football when I want to watch pro sports, I watch the National Football League. When I want to know about the business side and all that, it's about the National Football League, it's about the NBA. It's about Major League Baseball. I don't care about college athletics from that vantage point. I know a lot of people do. I know the schools have to make money. I get all of that, uh, but I just don't like the way that college athletics is evolving. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk more NBA. Again, joining us today here on the program, WWE manager, Paul Heyman. More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way. Renaissance is the new Renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Come on. You watch the news, be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. <laughs> Good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. 800-450-1452. 800-450-1452. 800-450-1452. That's 800-450-1452. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. To the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware.
definitely got to turn on the lights bright because there's a lot going on in the sports world. Still to come here on the program, special counsel to WWE Universal Champ Roman Reigns. That is, of course, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman going to join us on the program. So we're still going to talk some NBA here on the show as well. And again, alluded to it in the first segment about USC, USCLA joining the Big Ten, which is set to 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 make close to a billion dollars in terms of its, you know, its revenue, its television or media rights package, close to a billion dollars. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, you look at it right now, SEC, SEC football is king. But I mean, this move by the Big Ten puts the Big Ten right there. And you knew, I mean, from a football, and we, we got to talk about football because football brings in the most revenue. It brings in the most revenue from a media rights or a television perspective. So USC over UCLA. But you know, I mean, USC is not going anywhere and UCLA is not going to be right there as well. Like that's not going to happen so you knew that it was going to be all or nothing. And, and I'm sure a lot of politics played into that as well. I mean, that's fine. You know, and I, and I realize the schools want to make money. It's not all about athletics. A lot of and you have schools that are able to make money off of athletics at the smaller school scale. And even at the at the the scale where you have FBS programs, but they're not of the power five and, and even not of the AAC, but lower FBS programs, uh, if you will, it, it's more about the marketing. Yeah. They're going to be, you know, even the AAC doesn't have like a great uh, media rights deal. It's not great. You know, even though you look at some of those schools in those conferences that certainly can compete with. So, I mean, we, we, we saw it this past year, right. Where some of those schools can compete with some of the big boys, but I mean, you look at this thing and it's just all about the money. The NIL is out of control. The transfer portal is out of control. The two are linked um, from time to time as well. And, and, and listen, I mean, I, you know, I may be looking at this all wrong and I want to hear from you guys and I'm happy to be, I'm happy to look at it from a different vantage point. Let me give you a little bit about my background and the vantage point in which I look at, uh, at this. Growing up in the Washington area, the the big time football from a collegiate standpoint. First of all, you growing growing up in the Washington area, it's all it was all about the then Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders. Okay, everybody else was clearly second, no question about it. I probably would have to say the next the next team with the interest. I mean, I mean, it depended upon when if you were talking about the Baltimore Orioles, which, by the way, for those that don't really know. Washington, D.C. or the DMV in Baltimore are two separate markets, okay? It's just that in coming up in the DMV, coming up in Washington, we cheered for the Orioles because it was the closest team because there was no team. There was no Nationals in Washington, D.C. There were, there were no Nationals in Washington, D.C. The, the Senators had moved on, right? Became the Minnesota Twins, so it was about... The Orioles. So it depends on 
you know, what time frame you're looking at. But I would have to say the the then Bullets or or the then Washington Wizards. So I came up, you know, you had you had the the Capitals, right? So you had all all of the four major sports uh, teams, and secondary. Uh, were was Maryland, and it was more about Maryland basketball. Maryland football has never really been relevant in my lifetime. Not really, not in my lifetime. And I'm just trying to think back. I mean, if I can think back, you know, over the years of Maryland football, some of the great players that have come through there, Randy White's, you know, of the world. Um, you know, Frank Frank Wright came through Maryland. I mean, there's been some some players, uh, Boomer Esiason, but like. It, it you know foot Maryland football never was great. You look at Maryland basketball, yeah. I mean, you talk about the Lynn Bias era, and then even even thereafter, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the, Maryland went through some sanctions in basketball, built back up uh, under Gary Williams, won the national championship in two thousand two, and 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 really Maryland basketball has has uh, struggled to remain relevant ever since then. You look at Georgetown from a basketball perspective because Georgetown from a football perspective, I think at one time was D3, then ultimately came, became 1AA. And I think at one time it was 1AA non-scholarship, but it was about basketball, which was relevant for quite some time under John Thompson when you talk about going back to the days of Patrick Ewing and you know Reggie thereafter with Reggie Williams and you know then, then thereafter with... Allen Iverson, and then even after that, you can look at a guy like a Jeff Green when probably Jeff Green was was playing the last time Georgetown was really relevant under John Thompson III, and really Georgetown, even under Patrick Ewing, who's now the head coach, has really fallen on some hard times. So that was some good. But, but again, you talk about college athletics, and that's at the time when Maryland was in the ACC not as relevant in the Washington area as pro sports, most notably with the now Washington Commanders, and I would even say the Bullets slash the Wizards, as bad as the Bullets and the Wizards, you know, had been for quite some time. So, you know, I come down here, I move, you know, and, and, and then also I got into athletic administration. I was in athletic administration for six years, and even at the highest level, you know, at an ACC school at NC State. So, I mean, I've seen all of that, the dynamics of college athletics. I guess I'm just kind of an older school guy. And, I, you know, I just look at college athletics now and all of the various changes. I mean, even if you talk about in my hometown where a Maryland decides to join the Big Ten, why? Maryland is irrelevant in football. The Big Ten, obviously. But, I mean, but now – it makes sense, right? Now you can tie that situation with the University of Maryland and a Rutgers making the move to the Big Ten because it just made sense more so from a football perspective and really an overall perspective because now you're talking about a a Big Ten conference that's on the verge of being a billion-dollar conference, right? So you can see why Maryland sort of really made that move and Rutgers made that move to the Big Ten when at the time it really didn't make sense. I mean, you you were in the best basketball conference with respect to the ACC, and then you, you're going to talk about a Maryland and, or a Rutgers competing in the Big Ten? Forget about it. But now it, it really makes sense from a financial standpoint. So again, I'm, I'm in, I, I've got a college uh, athletics administration background. 
come I'm here, you know, been in North Carolina now for going on 23 years where college athletics really means something. I mean, I look at the ACC and I look at the football teams. I mean, you know, when you compare a lot of those teams, you know, at one time it was like Florida, when Florida State first joined the conference, it was like Florida State and everybody else. You know, Clemson has come on, right? I mean, even if you look at teams that were really good in the Big East, you look at a, you know, a Miami, uh, a Boston College at one time was good. You look at a Virginia Tech, they come to the ACC, not so much. But those schools and those football teams mean a lot to the people of North Carolina, whether they're alums of the respective schools, particularly you look here in the triangle, you have the big three, NC State, Duke, and UNC. You have those big three. In, in basketball, obviously, it's different. But even in football, it means a lot. And then even to a lesser degree here in our state, ECU, I mean, ECU at one time was as good as e either of those three programs and was in Conference USA or not even in uh, in the ACC, was, but were, were, had a better program, right? So I, I realize it means a lot to, depends on where you are, it means a lot or it means something to um, a lot of different people. To me, I look at it with uh, being from the DMV, uh, having a co collegiate athletic administration background. I just don't like it. I don't like all of the movement. Um, I don't like the financial, you know, aspects with respect to this. Uh, when you're talking about teams kind of moving around and all of that, I mean, I don't, that's, you know, it's just, it's a little bit too much uh, for me. And, you know, I even look at a team like the Panthers that are here in the state. The Panthers are out of Charlotte, right? The Panthers are, I mean, you know, I guess the Panthers, are, I mean, they're the, and, and as, as a matter of fact, the Panthers are a team representing both North Carolina and South Carolina. And there's going to be a fan base uh, certainly there. But do you think there's a bigger fan base for the Panthers than there is for the University of South Carolina, which is an SEC program, uh, by the way, which from time to time, com you know, is competitive, uh, especially when it comes to football. Uh, right. So, it, it, you know, the Panther it, and that's pro sports at its highest level. So I get it. It means something college athletics and specifically football means different things to different people. Just hard for me to to keep track with all of the different moves with the you know, again, you're going to talk about in a couple of years where Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the SEC and just the whole college athletics landscape is going to change where they're now talking about a possibility of just two super conferences. And I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, I'm just not a big fan uh, of that uh, at all. Your thoughts. You can hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W. Maybe I'm just an old school kind of guy. Um, you know, NIL, all of these things, just not a big fan of still to come. More NBA talk and NBA free agency talk up next. We're going to be joined by Paul Heyman.
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. And that's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for Black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest days them all. And and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to <laughs> encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up in fam just because i wanted to major in business and fam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do nba all-star chris paul that was great to bring it back to one salem state university uh black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still View Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing a Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. Let's continue here. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, who is the special counsel to WWE Universal champ Roman Reigns. Throughout the course of his career, he's managed six wrestling champions. He's one of the great speakers uh, of all time and one of the great managers of all time, one of the great, uh, when you think about it, personalities of all time in wrestling. He's the one and only Paul Heyman. Joins us here on Box to Row and Radio Boss. Paul, welcome to the program. No, I'm not. I'm not flattered by the introduction. One of, uh, if you go home tonight and 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 you make love to your wife, and she turns to you and she says, "Honey, you're one of the best lovers I've ever had." Uh, would you feel complimented and emboldened, or would you be filing for divorce tomorrow? Uh, forget one of. I'm the goat. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the best that has ever done this job, and I doubt anybody will ever do it as good as I have done it in the future. So, uh, one one of, I will I will respectfully pass on that on that supposed alleged compliment, and I will introduce myself as the greatest of all time, the GOAT, uh, the the special counsel to the undisputed, by the way, yes. universal heavyweight champion of WWE, indeed of all sports entertainment, Roman Reigns. You know what that is? Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, I was, no, after you, sir. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I with that intro, maybe. See, and that's interesting. That's where I want to start. Like, I came up in a time... In the 80s, I mean, I was a huge wrestling fan, you know, Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage, WrestleMania 3. I mean, it was it was great. And I, I think about and I actually I was doing a search, right? So I was thinking of some of the I was doing a search of some of the greatest speakers of all time. And I was thinking more wrestlers, but your name certainly uh, came up there. Can you speak to how wrestling has really you've been doing this a long time how it's evolved and now i mean we still have the matches but sometimes you got to be able to speak for 10 to 12 minutes at a time well we're, we look just like major league baseball or nascar or the nhl or the nba uh or or or, or the nfl um we're in the content we're in the content creation the content providing the content distribution business uh, we we produce content. Our content happens to be world wrestling entertainment, WWE, sports entertainment, pro wrestling. And then we sell this content or we license this content out 
to networks or, or portals or, or, or video streaming services, and we present it to the public. Same way Major League Baseball or the NFL or NASCAR or any other sports or, or entertainment or sports entertainment would do. And you have to go by what the public demands at this time. And the public demands, because of reality TV and, 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 and more sophisticated programming that's come up in the past 20, 25 years, the audience demands to know the personalities far more intimately than they used to. Used to be you come on TV and it's like, you know, one guy says, I'm going to come to the arena. I love all the people in this wonderful town of Raleigh and I'm going to make everybody in Raleigh very, very happy. And the other guy comes out and goes, I'm going to rip off your head and piss down your neck. Ah, oh, man, I got to see this fight. <laughs> and people want to know more about you today uh, because in, in any kind of genre where you're selling tickets to a, to a rivalry, uh, the only way to sell a ticket is to identify who are these two people, why are they fighting, and why should I care enough to pay to see it? And therefore, you got to know the personalities more, and the only way to learn about the personalities more is for them to talk more. Yeah, no no question about it. You know, you mentioned network. I, I thought, and again, I, I, so, so just my history with wrestling, I probably, I'll tell you when I kind of stopped watching is when, Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan. I think that was in 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Have come back around to it at various times via my children. Now they're older. I watch every week. And I think one of the reasons I've really been watching is because SmackDown came to Fox. I thought that was huge. You're talking about network TV opposed to cable. How big, you've been doing this again a long time. How big a move was that for wrestling to come to uh, on a weekly basis, that is, to network television. In, in, indescribably huge, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a validation of the enormity of the product that we produce, of the content, again, you know, that, that, that we're creating, and of the personalities involved. And, and uh, what, what makes me happiest about it is that of in, in, in the era of network television for WWE, the biggest star who carries that show, who makes the show worth watching, who is the undisputed biggest star, let alone the undisputed heavyweight champion, is Roman Reigns. Right. Well, he's not my guy. He, he's my tribal chief. He is your tribal chief. Yes, you're right. And, 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 and you should acknowledge him as as your tribal chief as well, it'll lead to a far more pleasant existence. It'll bring you a Zen mentality. It'll, 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 it'll allow you peace of mind for acknowledging Roman Reigns as your tribal chief brings you to the island of relevancy. Well, yeah, but now Paul, you know, you, you've, you've, you've waffled a little bit with Brock Lesnar from time to time too now. Well, I had great success with Brock Lesnar. Uh -huh. I mean, I, we, we, we ran together for 20 years where I, I served as his advocate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about multiple reigns as WWE heavyweight champion, one of which, the first of which he, he, he defeated Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the biggest star in Hollywood for the championship. And this is when Brock was only 24 years old. Uh, multiple reigns as universal heavyweight champion, a, 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 
a, an unheard of reign of over 500 days, unheard of until Roman reigns just eclipsed that record. And now we're, we're heading towards 700 days as you, as undisputed universal heavyweight champion. Uh, and, 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 and a, a very highly publicized reign as the UFC heavyweight champion. And, and, and we wrote a best-selling book together about his life. So, I mean, it's, and this was a, a relationship of over 20 years. So it's, it's, it's never easy to, to, to say goodbye to somebody after that level of success, you know, and again, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Um, Brock Lesnar defeated the undertaker at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar conquered the Holy grail of WWE. The undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania all because of Paul Heyman. And you know, that's, uh, it, it, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to just transition away from it. it there are growing pains in that. That the voice of the one and only Paul Heyman joins us here on Box to Row and Radio Boss. You should know that SummerSlam is July 30th and SmackDown is coming to Raleigh on August 12th. I'm looking. For, I'm going to be in the building. I'm very much looking forward to that. So Roman Reigns aside, we just celebrated John Cena and his you know uh, I guess what 20 years and wrestling and yeah. all that he's done. Um, Roman Reigns aside, who, in your opinion, is the greatest to ever do it? The Usos as a tag team. Uh, the undisputed <laughs> tag team champion. Usos aside. Usos aside. And, and, and Roman Reigns aside. Either John Cena or Brock Lesnar. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> and why? Oh, for John Cena, it's his longevity. It's his authenticity. It's 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 his honesty with the crowd. It's his community service. Uh, it's it's his ability to uh, to be John Cena. I mean, J John Cena is as close to a a, a real life. If, if, if John Cena appeared uh, at, at my house or at the same arena that I'm blessed enough to accompany the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. And John Cena came in wearing a cape and he said, oh, I just performed a miracle and I just saved uh, everyone that was in a burning orphanage. I would believe it because he, he's, he's as close to a real life superhero as you're ever going to meet. Brock Lesnar, because he's exactly the opposite. Uh, he, he is the beast incarnate and, 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 he, and he is not of our species. And, and I'd call him a superhuman, but I've met superhumans, and he's way above them. So uh, Brock Lesnar, just because he's the Jim Thorpe of this generation, he's an athlete that no other athlete can compare to, can do multiple sports uh, and go back and forth between them if he wanted to. Uh, and, and just, you know, in, in terms of, of something like that, there, there, there's no one that compares to Brock Lesnar. All right, so... In terms of, okay, we got SummerSlam that's coming up uh, on July the 30th. Of course, SmackDown is coming to Raleigh. Can't wait for that right here in Raleigh on August the 12th. SummerSlam, let, let, let's start there with the, with, the, with the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, uh, the undisputed WWE Universal Champions, as well as the Usos as tag team champions. What, what can we expect? At least let, let's start with SummerSlam. Uh, a, a match of, of epic proportions, proportions of which you have never seen so epic. Um, Brock Lesnar challenging Roman Reigns in a last man standing match 
is the greatest challenge to the tribal chiefs undisputed title reign. Uh, Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match is a very dangerous individual. Brock Lesnar in any match, in a thumb wrestling contest, is a very dangerous individual. He'll break your thumb off and eat it for breakfast. Uh, but let alone in a last man standing match, this is a man that stood against Randy Couture in the octagon, the greatest heavyweight in the history of the UFC, and knocked him out standing up. Uh, didn't take Randy Couture down like the wrestler that he that he is, an NCAA Division I heavyweight champion. Brock Lesnar beat Randy Couture standing up, where Brock Lesnar was the last man standing. This is a very scary proposition. Not for Roman Reigns, but for me, because the Tribal Chief doesn't sweat anything or anybody. Me, I'm a Jew. I, I worry all the time. That's what my people do. So uh, you can expect perhaps the greatest last man standing match that you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, but it's going to be an epic battle for the championship. And uh, there are no predictions or spoilers on this one. It's, it's a, it's, it's quite the challenge for Roman Reigns. Last thought it, this, what you do. I mean, it, it seems, it seems easy for you and you've been doing it uh, quite some time. How much are you enjoying uh, this and being part of WWE pro wrestling, et cetera. Greatest time of my life. Absolutely. Greatest time of my life. Is this the, is this, is this time as great as it's ever been? Better, better, better. Uh, because I live on the Island of relevancy. So I, I, I acknowledge Roman Reigns as my tribal chief, which brings me to a, a Zen existence with great peace of mind and a sense of accomplishment that I, I've never had before in my entire life. And, and I encourage you, everyone listening to you, to acknowledge Roman Reigns as, as your tribal chief. I, I assure you, there, it's almost an out-of-body experience. It just, it just brings a, a spiritual tranquility and indeed a spiritually orgasmic existence into your life. The one, I mean, listen, the one and only Paul Heyman joining us here on Box to Row and Radio Boss. Again, SummerSlam, July 30th, and SmackDown is going to be right here in Raleigh on August the 12th. And, of course, it'll be on Fox as well. Paul, really appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Thank you. You're, you're, you're one of the best people I've talked to all day. <laughs> Love it. So, Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman here on the program if you want to react to anything that paul Heyman had to say hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w for you and as i mentioned he, he took some offense uh, to it me saying maybe one of the best uh, uh speakers being loquacious of all time to me he's one of the best i mean i for my money love randy macho man savage who do you think is the best of all time hit me up via twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W. The old Renaissance is the new Renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A train. With our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. 
Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Welcome back to the program. The special counsel to WWE Universal champ Roman Reigns joined us. That, of course, Paul Heyman. If you want to react to anything that Paul Heyman had to say, hit us up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. So the NBA hot and heavy as it usually is this time of the year. And with the Kevin announce the Kevin Durant announcement that he wants a trade, he wants out of Brooklyn has shaken the NBA world. But we still have some trades and some signings that have happened that I want to talk a little bit about. And I want to talk specifically with respect to some of the teams in the markets that we're in. And I'm going to begin with the Portland Trailblazers and our listeners that listen to us on Numbers FM 96.7. Now, of course, you have the first of all had the trade to bring Jeremy Grant from Detroit to Portland. I think that was big to go along with Damian Lillard, who has been Uh, Very loyal to Portland, and we'll talk more about we have another player that's been loyal as well to an organization. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as well. But uh, Damian Lillard stuck around. I thought it would, I didn't like uh, McCullum and Lillard together. I think McCullum is an outstanding player. I just didn't like the both of them together. I don't think it worked. You can see how McCullum is now flourishing or flourished this year after the trade to New Orleans who could be, I'm not going to say a contender, but they're going to be much better. This is a team that made the playoffs last year. It's going to be a better team uh, this upcoming year than it even was on last year. But you add, uh, again, a Jeremy Grant. But then also Portland decides to re-up Anthony Simons four years, $100 million. Simons got a lot of playing time with McCollum gone, and so he showed his wares. And the Trailblazers rewarded him. This is a guy that's 23 years old. Uh, so you still have Lillard, uh, Lillard excuse me, in his pl- uh, prime, that is. You get Jeremy Grant. I mean, I'm not saying Portland's going to be a contender, but you're now talking about a better team. And you reward a player who was loyal with surrounding him, you know, with some better talent. And so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens in Portland, but I think you know that that was a, a good move. You look at a Tyus Jones re-signing with Memphis. Our listeners on KRA, the change in the Memphis area, two years, thirty million dollars. They re-up on Tyus Jones, who was really good point guard. Uh, it, it was sort of the engine, uh, well, uh, backup that that was that is, but a really good player and played in crunch time and was good in the playoffs as well. So I think that uh, was a good move. And then the other player, I mentioned loyalty. You talk about loyalty and being loyal to an organization. Now, you can look at 
you can look at it from a couple of different aspects. You can look at uh, loyalty uh, in today's NBA, meaning if you get a super max contract or even a max contract, right, that the team you're with can pay you more than any other team. And generally there's a fifth year option that exceeds the previous four years in terms of what the amount is per year by like $10 million. So that team in that fifth year can pay you more and it just makes more sense from a financial standpoint. But I look at the Wizards and and those, of course, for our listeners in Washington, in the DMV on uh, WHURHD2 96.3, where Bradley Bill re-signs to stay in Washington five years Two hundred and fifty-one million dollars. You, I, you had always heard if you listened and you followed Bradley Bill and you followed the Wizards, you knew that the Wizards and Bill and his agent had great communication. They, 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 they were honest with each other uh, throughout the course of this process uh, to the point that I mean, Bill couldn't. I mean, if you're Bill, like you can't, you're not going to be able to pass up being paid over or in excess of $50 million a year. That's number one. But I think he's he's been loyal to this organization. Um, I think the organization really wants to do good by him. Um, I think you have a big three. I, I think a lot of people aren't looking at Kyle Kuzma the right way. I think Porzingis, if Porzingis can stay healthy, I mean, I think that uh, bodes well for Washington who traded uh, to get Porzingis from Dallas. Didn't really trade to get Porzingis uh, from Dallas. I think they just felt like the Dinwiddie situation really wasn't uh, necessarily a great move on uh, for the Wizards in terms of what he could bring to the table. Not that he was a great, not that he wasn't a good player. Uh, it is just that he just didn't fit. I don't think it was a really a good fit for the Wizards and then to boot so you all you have Beal that remains in Washington you have Kuzma right you have Porzingis if Porzingis I think can stay healthy I mean because Washington has a bunch of good players but they don't have a great player I think Beal is a really 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 good player but you show that commitment to a Beal uh then you you're looking also at the future of your Washington I think Washington what the Wizards really also needed was a point guard and the Wizards were able to get a point guard trading Contavious Caldwell-Pope or KCP and Ishmith uh, to be able to get Will Barton and uh, Monte Morris. Monte Morris is a good, he's a, he's a solid point guard, something that the Wizards needed, right? So now you have a Bill. You know Bill can get buckets. I think Bill is one of the more underrated players. He's one of those players that he isn't, you know, one of the necessarily one of the elite players in the league, but he's better than a good player. I think he's somewhere in between. We don't think of him as a top 10 player, but you go back to not this past season, but last season, meaning 2020-21, He was edged out by like a tenth of a point in terms of being the scoring champ uh, opposed to Steph Curry, who was the scoring champ during the 2020-2021 season. So you get a player like that. I mean, it's by no means 
are the Wizards now a championship contender? But, I mean, I think you're talking about a team that could sit right around that, you know, 6-7 uh, uh, range in terms of making the playoffs. And if you're a Wizards fan, like, you got to start somewhere. I know it's not a chance. But realistically, realistically, there are only a couple of championship teams, legitimate championship contending teams when you talk about the NBA. Uh, look at the Golden State Warriors, who are are the defending champs. I look at Boston, who was there last year. I look at Milwaukee, who won the championship a couple of years ago. I think now, right, I look at the Clippers now as a championship contender. You've got going to have a healthy Kawhi Leonard. You're going to have uh, propose, uh, hopefully a healthy George, Paul George, and then you're going to add a John Wall to that mix. I think that is huge. I think that's a huge move. The buyout uh, between Wall and the Rockets allowing for Wall to ultimately be able to sign with the Clippers. I mean, I think that's a great move. I mean, if I'm the Lakers, right? I mean, I, listen, I think the Lakers, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be much better uh, this year. I think last year was a bit of an aberration. And even if you look at the numbers, like his numbers were there, I don't try not to look at the numbers, or I, I may, again, as I always say on this show, like I'll look at the numbers to support or to support an argument. And I think if you look at the numbers, Russell Westbrook's numbers were right around where they've been, especially in the scoring department throughout, uh, throughout the course of his career. I think he turned the ball over a lot, but he's always turned the ball over a lot. I think it was just more magnet. Uh, it, it was, it was more magnified in Los Angeles playing with LeBron James. So I think the issue with the Lakers is more about Anthony Davis than it is about Russell Westbrook. And I think Russell Westbrook's going to be better. I think they have the right coach there in Darvin Ham, who's a former player. But I, I bring up the Lakers to say this. I think that the by the Lakers, I, I you know, I, I get it. You don't want to give up the 2027 uh, first round draft pick. But what does that draft pick really mean? I mean, and what I'm alluding to is this. The, it was reported that the the Lakers had a chance to get John Wall in a trade to the Rockets. So you swap out Wall with Westbrook, but the Lakers also would have had to give up their 2027 first-round draft pick. I mean, I think if the, if the Lakers did that, I mean, now you're talking about a contender. I think John Wall is what played 40 games in the last three years. I think he's going to be healthy. Uh, he's a pure point guard, right? And that's what the Lakers need. But I think the Lakers are going to be able to make it work. But I think because the Lakers didn't make that move, they've given the Clippers now a leg up on the championship. To me, you're looking at Golden State, you know, Phoenix, and then you're looking at the Clippers. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Paul Heyman for joining us today here on Box to Road. Last week I mentioned... Our countdown to kickoff taking place on July 16th. We have tabled that for now. We have tabled that for now. So no countdown to kickoff taking place on July 16th, originally scheduled uh, to be in Raleigh. However, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up for you to get you ready for the HBCU football season. As a matter of fact, the HBCU football daily podcast comes back on July 18th. You can find it on our website 
at BoxToRow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on the program, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.